ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, drinkers and non-drinkers. No, there's no non-drinkers. <laughs> You're listening to Cincy Brewcast. We're back another week. Um, I'm on a roll. I'm getting uh, a couple shows in a row here, which seems to be more and more difficult every single week with um, you know the wonderful baby and the wonderful wife that are determined to uh, throw a wrench in the even best laid plans of a beer podcaster blogger i don't know which one i am but um I, craft beer joe yeah w- welcome back to the show yeah, thanks for having me um, i'm uh, more than happy to be here how many weeks ago was it that you were on the show oh it was months ago at this one yeah. i think yeah maybe a few months two three normally i'm really good when i put my uh, show notes together before a show whoever the guest is that i know is going to be on the show i say oh, this is when they were last year how many episodes they've been on that kind of stuff i didn't do that this time so i'm I don't even know when you were don't on the show. Even know. Last, it, it was um, it was raining that night. Here. I can tell you that much. It was raining really hard. It was um, season three, episode two, uh, April. We recorded on April fifth. There you go. Posted on April seventeenth. See, look at that. Look how quick I pull my <laughs> That's notes. Pretty up. good. Topic was New England IPAs uh, back it then. It was New England IPA madness. Yeah. And I don't think we were actually aware of the madness that was going to set in with <laughs> that style because. It's only gotten crazier. It has. Like, um, I think Urban Artifact is the latest to announce that they've got one that um, I was really hoping they would have tonight, and of course they don't. Uh, you know, the problems, I guess, of having to go through distributors and all that stuff, it probably couldn't happen as quickly as I would like it to. But um, I'm interested in theirs because it's got lacto in the beer, too, to balance it all kind of out and... Um, It'll be different than anything we've seen, at least in Cincinnati, That's using sure. their house culture uh, that they're kind of known for. That tartness is going to be on a whole new level. Well, and, and you don't see many typical kind of when I, I don't know if you can consider that a typical style yet, but you don't see a lot of quote unquote normal beers from Urban Artifact. So um, <laughs> it makes it that much more interesting to me that they're that they're going. I got to adjust yeah. my mic here. Yeah, yeah, they're kind of jumping on board with. The new trend, which is not what they do because they kind of are trendsetters. They're doing their own thing. Uh, sours and tart and wild ales and all of those types of styles are what they are known for and what they do best. So it'll um, be interesting to see how that works out. Well, yeah, and, and they should, I think they said it's going to be on tap. Is it for Bewilderfest or before Bewilderfest? I think it's for. Um, so. I'm, I'm curious. I, I'm, you know, Bewilderfest in and of itself is going to have whole bunch of really good stuff what is it i think 12 announced bottles 13 announced bottles something like that which i was doing the math the other day and that puts their just their large format i'm not counting all of the cans and the 12 ounces and that kind of stuff but their large formats this will be over 40 for them <laughs> and they've only been packaging since like early this year maybe late last year i think yeah, they don't. They don't ever do one bottle. Whenever they do a variant, there's yeah. like six of them. Yeah, they'll they'll they'll, they'll release like a, a six pack of cans of something and be like, oh, we're releasing this today. And by the way, we've got nine bottles <laughs> <laughs> of variants that you can buy. Um, they've got for Bewilderfest. There's going to be four mushroom beers in bottles. Um, there's a bunch of variants of Whirly Gig, which we'll get to because I think we both have it sitting in front of us right now. Um, I mean, just. They're weird guys. Like it doesn't make sense some of the stuff they're doing, but it's just it's so delicious and it's working so well. So um, it's cool stuff, man. I, I I'm excited to see not just for Bewilderfest, but what they've got coming out in the near future. I've, their release calendar is probably the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. They have every single month a different packaged release coming out for this year next year and the foreseeable future yeah they're definitely uh, ramping things up down there and they're we talk about the new england ipa how that's kind of a new style they're trying to kind of create a new style of their own as well the the midwest fruit Fruit tart tart ale (laughs) which it makes perfect sense to me because it's a style that i think Everybody is really digging right now, and nobody really knew what to call it. It was just a, you know, a fruited sour ale, which doesn't tell you anything because there's 400 of them out there that aren't that great. Yeah. And then there's this this thing, this this fresh fruit, this um, a little bit higher ABV to kind of balance some of that out. It's it's freaking delicious. So good transition. Absolutely. Um, Whirly Gig just came out, and we both have it sitting in front of us. So from the beer fridge. 
Uh, this is not from the beer fridge. It's straight from the tap. No, it's not. It's from a can. It's from a can. Yeah. From the can. This could be from the beer fridge. Um, this is their version of a blueberry ale. I know that they um, tend to give people a little bit of shit if they are using uh, artificial fruit flavorings yes, and things like that. Absolutely. There are some very popular blueberry beers in Cincinnati. They use artificial flavoring, so... Um, I guess this is the gauntlet thrown down that says this is the this is what we think the right way to do something is. Uh, yeah, and they don't mess around when they use fruit. Uh, they normally brag about how many pounds per barrel they oh yeah. use, and it's a scary amount of yeah, fruit. Yeah, there's a reason that their six packs are a little more expensive. It's not just the the, the there's a lot that goes into these. <laughs> there's a lot of ingredients. There's a lot of cost, and. They, you know, it's it's not artificially blown up. The, the cost of a six pack, it's it, it's passed on the way it needs to be passed yeah, on. So it's the this real is my first here. time trying this year, so I'm going to drink it while you uh, talk about beer or something. Yeah, yeah, I'll talk about beer because that's what we do. But yeah, this is a Midwest fruit tart ale, blueberry. It's called Whirly Gig. Has a really cool can, like they always do great artwork on their cans as well, and it's great. I mean, a lot of tartness, kind of what I saw in the back end. Oh yeah, uh, the blueberry aroma is really strong. The color looks like blueberry juice, if that's a thing. There's something else there, too. It's not It's not that... Um, it's not overly... I mean, obviously, it's not overly sweet because of the tartness, but the, the, the blueberry-ness comes off almost kind of... Um, there's, there's like a breadiness there, like a pie kind of thing. Which it, it, was, it's got some thickness to yeah. it. It's a little bit of mouthfeel to it. Yeah, this is fantastic. I wish I could yell loud enough that he could hear me over there on the other side of the room and I could tell him it's amazing. Yeah. Tell Scott he did a good job with this one. And they have... Um, I, I don't know if they've announced what their next fruit tart is, um, but I think it's called Love Letter and it's with peaches, I think. I've seen it kind of floating around a little bit and I've heard some mentions. For anybody... Can we tell people where we are? I don't think so. I'm I'm so maybe start there. At this. I'm maybe so bad at this. Go so, back to the beginning, right? so, for anybody that's here with us tonight at Jungle Gyms for the Buckeye Beer Bash, which we'll talk about in a second, um, on like the uh, the website and the literature and all that stuff that you get, it tells you who's pouring beer. Untapped is a good example of where they they put the menu of what everybody's going to be pouring, and they mentioned that Urban Artifact would be pouring Love Letter, which doesn't really exist quite yet. <laughs> Not not ready yet is what they're telling us. So Man, I was excited. Here. So we are at Jungle Gems, which I'm at Jungle Gems a lot, so it's not really that surprising that I'm here. But um, this is one of their many um, beer festivals that they do. Uh, we, every year, I always make sure I make it to the International Beer Festival, which I feel needs a new name to go with this beer bash theme that they do for all the other ones. Yeah. But They've got the uh, barrel-aged beer bash at the in the winter time, like in January, February, something like that. This one falls in late summer-ish. I don't want to admit that it's almost fall yet, but I guess it is. It is. Um, and then the International Beer Festival falls early summer. Yeah. This is different in that it's all Ohio beers. Definitely kind of a Cincinnati lean to it. I mean, there's uh, 12, 10, 10 local breweries. Um, Oh, you've got the list right in front of you. Look at that. Yeah, I've got the list here. Yeah, a lot of uh, local Cincinnati breweries, uh, but some big ones from outside the area, and some that some people may not have had yet. Well, and there's What's some that, like? that, that I feel like Cincinnati has latched onto and almost made, like, stepchildren of our brewery. Like, Jackie O's <laughs> is one that I always put yes. out there. Jackie O's Absolutely. feels to me like a Cincinnati brewery, even though I know it's not. But, yeah. Um, I mean, we've done but two, three shows with Jack, or at least talking about Jackie O's. Mm-hmm. And we're Cincy Brewcasts. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I don't, think, I don't think there's an Athens Brewcast yet. So Not yet. They're, I think they're getting close there. Right? Um, well, let's run through the list. we got Christian Moorline, Fatheads, 50 West, Great Lakes, Jackie O's, Land Grant, Bad Tree, Mommy Bay, Mount Carmel, Municipal Brew Works, North High, Old Firehouse, Platform, Rheingeist, Rivertown, Taft, Brew Kettle, Urban Artifact, and Warp Wing. Um, and that's everything that was on the website. I, I don't know if that's actually... There might be other places here. I don't think so, but um, who knows? We didn't get a chance to really walk around as much as uh, we, we should have first. But 
What are you kind of chomping at the bit to try tonight? Is there something that you saw on the list that... Well, one of them I went over and grabbed already, (laughs) so I didn't waste any time. Uh, Yeah, 50 West, they collaborated with Jungle Gyms to make... Uh, King of the Jungle IPA, a fruited Are we supposed IPA. to call it King of the Jungle or Jungale? Because it's spelled like ale, but it's, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Jungale? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how you're supposed to actually say it. We need to ask Bobby, who mentioned that he might swing over here, but um, can't make any promises. Bobby is always bouncing around <laughs> everywhere every time I see him. Um, Buckeye Beer Bash, it's the second year for the event. Um, I have to confess I did not make it last year and everybody told me how awesome it was and so I knew I had to, to find a way to do it this year and I found out that if I tell my wife that I have to do a show somewhere she can't tell me I can't go because I'm working <laughs> yeah I've got something so, important to do I, I, talk really, about I really need to do this honey and she doesn't even realize that it's all a ploy <laughs> so I'm, I'm I made her load our exhausted baby up into the car and drop me off. And then this ends at 11 o'clock tonight, which I don't know if there's still tickets available at the door. We're not live. It doesn't matter. I can't tell it people, matter. I can't yeah. tell people yeah, to come buy a ticket no. because they, they, don't, they can't hear me. Everybody that can hear me is right here. They have tickets, I hope. Um, but I'm making her load up the baby at 11 o'clock tonight and come pick me back up. So um, I'm sure I'm going to get my punishment for it tomorrow and be stuck, <laughs> stuck with something horrible to do. Um, so yeah, it's, I mean, it's Buckeye Beer Bash. Yeah, it's, I, a, it's a really cool event because their other beer events take place indoors. Right. And I guess part of this is technically indoors, but there's a huge tent outside with beer booths inside. There's, what do they call this? The Snake House? The Snake House, yeah. Which is kind of a cool name. And, and it's indoor, but it's sort open of indoors. Air. So this is where they do the uh, cigar club too. So every Thursday they have cigar night, and they fill this place up with tables and get the bar pouring booze and beer, and everybody sits in here and fills the whole place with cigar smoke, and it's <laughs> absolutely awesome. So it's kind of inside, but if that gives you an idea of how airy it kind of is, that mm-hmm. you can smoke cigars in here. So yeah, so it's a little bit different in that way. They're embracing the fact that it is a summertime event. People want to be outdoors and a great evening for it. It's a little humid, but I'll tell you what, it feels uh, like summer I, out here, so it's great. Yeah, with the beer that's being poured, it, it, it works amazing. Everybody's got their summer stuff going strong. You know, Municipal has their watermelon blonde on tonight, which I'm absolutely in love with. It's perfect summer beer. Um, Mount Carmel has their new take-home IPA, their new session IPA. Again, amazing in the summertime, so it's it works. The humidity yeah. kind of plays into the whole thing. Absolutely. Um, so when we started planning the show, um, you know, we kind of asked each other, you know, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> you know, this is kind of a, a weird topic for us. It's an Ohio beer festival, so I, you know, I guess we talk about Ohio beer. I, there's definitely a lot to talk about here in Cincinnati in the last week or two, or coming in the next couple weeks too. But um, what's what's getting you interested in Ohio lately? Is there anything that's kind of jumping out in stories? Or? Yeah, yeah. What I think is really interesting what's happening in Ohio is as a beer scene, we're starting to, I guess, get bigger in the fact that you're seeing companies, I'm going to say like Tassiel House. Right. Uh, they're about to open up their second location with the goal of self-distributing across the entire state of Ohio. They made a really interesting comment in the last uh, article I read about it, too that they said this concept that they have for this production facility would work well in other cities. Yes. And, you know, the, just a little comment makes you start thinking, like, oh, these, you know, if you're a brewery of a certain size, like, how do you scale what you do yes, to absolutely. something bigger and, and, and make money at it? And I could see a Taft's Ale House in Pittsburgh in, you know, yeah. it, it, there, there's lots yes. of cities of this same kind of size and feeling as Cincinnati is, and yeah. There's really? a lot of scalability there. Um, Platform, that was yeah. originally in Cleveland, moved to Columbus, and then recently started to distribute into Cincinnati. Kind of the same model. They're opening something in every state, or every city, I should say, so they can self-distribute and right. kind of work their angle within that. So I can see Taft maybe doing the same thing down the road. Maybe they put a northern Ohio location well, in. And, you know, we talked to Bad Tom last week kind of about that same thing. They, yeah. you know, they're, they're really open about that. It's kind of their goal of things. You know, the, the taproom culture means something to people that live near your taproom. 
how do you you know translate that into other places build a tap room in those places absolutely so i'm really excited about that i heard great things about platform they're now in cincinnati i think we're embracing them really well i I think they're here they are here (laughs) part of uh, the event tonight um and I think you'll see that from Cincinnati breweries as well. Obviously, there's many that already distribute right. across the state, but I think you're going to see more and more where Ohio is going to really embrace the other cities well, within the, the state. The, the idea of other tap rooms is what just you know kind of gets my brain spinning. You know, if, if there's a, a Rheingeist, right, we're sitting right next to the Rheingeist booth. If Rheingeist opens a small brewery or brew pub or something in Cleveland, like you know, what would that do for? Cleveland and for Rheingeist and for what, what that means, you know, it's, there's there's a lot of possibility there that changes what beer has always been and what taproom culture has always been and that kind of thing. It's, you don't have to necessarily um, fight for that shelf space anymore. You can you can create a place where people can go and get your beer and it's not whatever their local you know, equivalent of Kroger is. Yeah, and, and I think in many ways that breweries that do that are also kind of earning that shelf space. Right. So they go in, they become part of the community, and therefore the people in the area know them, love them, and want to buy it when they're nearby. See how that works? <laughs> I just stood up and waved my glass around, and somebody grabbed it, and I'm hoping they're getting the beer. It's Ferdinand's. <laughs> Ferdinand's knows what he's doing. Yeah, he'll get you something good. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, other places in Ohio right now, I think I, I read this morning or yesterday uh, OU, you know, talking about Jackie O's out in Athens um, they're going to start selling beer at football games, which I'm, I'm a UC fan, I didn't go to UC but everybody else in my family did, so we've been going to football and basketball games forever and it was always when you, you talk to the visiting teams and they would come in and see that there was beer, you know, at, at UC and they're like, this is the greatest thing in the world why doesn't everybody do this? And it was always complicated how it kind of just always was there. It never phased away, so we just always had it. But now you're seeing lots of places that um, are adding it into what they do. You know, um, Ohio State did it, I think, last year, the year before, and from everything I heard, was fantastic for them business-wise. It was there's a lot of people in that stadium. Um, so with with OU doing it now too, like it's um, thank you. Ferdinand looks really official tonight. He's got like an earpiece in, yeah. and, like Secret Service. Yeah, I'm assuming he's the security for the event. He's right? got to be. I mean, <laughs> you don't mess with a guy with suspenders. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how often you frequent Jungle Gems. Oh, quite um, often. Yeah. So Ferdinand always has a different pair of suspenders on. I think he's got like 400 of them, and they always kind of match his mood. Tonight they're very serious suspenders. Yeah, very red. serious. Yeah, red. Code red. Yeah. Which. Um, is a beer from Whole Firehouse, Whole Firehouse that you have to try tonight because you yes. told me you had never had it before. I've never had it, so hopefully that happens. I'm sure it will. Uh, what else is going on in beer? Oh, Dayton. Dayton Beer Week kicks off, I think, technically tomorrow, um, and then it ends next weekend with the Dayton Ale Fest, which, again, I've never made it up to that either. I'm kind of a terrible beer writer, but um, they've had their Beer Week going on for eight years now. Um the Dayton Ale Fest, I, I assume, has been going on about the same amount of time. They have, I don't know how many breweries in Dayton at this point, but I mean, it's probably 15 or 16 is my guess. I, I wish I had somebody that could kind of, oh yeah, that's it, 15. Um, they, um, I know, Warped Wing, I think, is here. Uh, is there anyone else from Dayton? I think that might be it from Dayton here tonight. So I know they're doing a, um, a beer release later on in the week for their um, it, I don't know if it's Pirogue or Pure Goo I, I don't know how to pronounce the beer but I like the first one better <laughs> Pirogue is what I always call it but yeah. um, they are doing um, a like a blonde version of yeah. that and we're using that in cans and on tap this week and, yeah they um, always do a great job they're one of the first ones I saw put out a lot, a lot of uh, the 16 ounce cans so they really like that, that larger format can from the very beginning uh, their artwork was always really stunning, and the beer was great too. So it, they do a great job. There was a neat article in um, the, uh, the Ohio Brewers Association puts out like a, uh, a magazine. I don't know how many four times a year or something like that. And the last issue had an article about um, kind of beer branding and packaging and that kind of thing, and you know how you 
stand out on a crowded shelf. Yeah. And they had some stuff about Ryan Geist and, and, and Warped Wing was one of the other places that they talked to, and they kind of mentioned that. You know, when we started, nobody was putting stuff in those 16-ounce cans. Nobody had this artwork focus of the can. It was... It was it was very branded. It was, you know, and I, sitting here staring at the Ryan Guy scans in front of me, it's easy to keep using them as the example. But, yeah. you know, it's a everything ties together very tightly. Every, you know, you, you, the cans are Ryan Geist. And you, know, you have places like uh, Warped Wing or Listerman is a good example here in town where, yes, the cans all tie together a little bit, but they don't. They, it's, it's very artwork focused, very, especially with this new um, branding that Listerman's doing. It's it's big artwork. It's big pictures. It's the the name Listerman is is almost pushed off to the side, yeah. and it's like this it's isn't secondary, this yeah. isn't as important as this is the beer, and this is um, what that art looks like. And Warped Wing, I think, was the one that pioneered that here locally with their cans. It was it's, it's very art driven, you know, and they have some really cool stuff. Yeah, yeah, they do uh, really good work. Yeah, and the larger cans were kind of unique a lot of people only use 16 ounce cans for special release or maybe seasonal beers everything they do is 16 ounce cans right. so raging hop just stopped by i think he's undercover though yeah he's hiding he's, out he's working or something sucker <laughs> i think he still gets to drink though so i don't think he can he's got so many things in his hands um so, what else is going on locally at Woodburn? Um, I'm rocking my Woodburn shirt today because yeah. it's their first anniversary party today. Yeah, they've had a lot going on recently. They did their barrel-aged beer mm-hmm. uh, just a few weeks ago. And a few, maybe five at most, four. Yeah. It was recent. And, yeah, then their first anniversary event today, which was really exciting for anyone that got <laughs> was, to go. It was like Hammerfest, I think. It was Hammerfest. <laughs> go get hammered at Hammerfest. <laughs> So Hammer is their, they call it a session IPA, but it's, again, going back to what we were talking about earlier, it's kind of one of their uh, New England IPA-ish beers that they do. It's not really New England, but it kind of is, and everybody has kind of fallen in love with it locally, and uh, I think it's their best-selling beer now. And so they did, um, wait, one, two, three, six variants of it, Pineapple Hammer, Pina Colada, Bubblegum, Seven Pot Hot Pepper. I don't know, but I'm curious. Um, uh, passion fruit, or as my notes say, passio fruit. Um, lemongrass and pink peppercorn and grapefruit. Um, again, all stuff that, well, again, seven pot, hot pepper, I don't, I don't, could be awesome, it could be terrible. Yeah. But everything <laughs> else there, but. is those big kind of juicy fruit flavors that go so perfectly in a, uh, a New England-ish IPA, if you consider yeah, and, the they're, IPA, and they're doing what a lot of people do at these events. They're doing the timed tappings where it starts at noon with one type of beer. Then every two hours, there's a new beer being tapped. So whether you're just popping in for an hour or two, you're going to get something unique. Or if you have the time to be there all day, you're going to be able to try all of them. So right. it's a real fun way to, to do an event, get people involved. Uh, you know, they've got food trucks there. I'm sure the place is packed right now. And, um, yeah, and they're as we're recording this, they're right in the middle of it. Like, I think... Uh, so, so I think the bubblegum seven pepper, seven pot hot pepper thing was probably tapped just now at eight o'clock. So, um, for anybody that isn't here right now because you're at Woodburn, I understand. <laughs> I forgive you. <laughs> um, they're doing like a big pig roast and all kinds of stuff. What's really getting me excited about Woodburn right now is the rumors of cans. Um, I, from from what I hear, through the grapevine. If it hasn't already happened, it's happening really soon of them starting to put stuff into tanks specifically to go into cans and um, the uh, mobile canning line, the, what is it, Ironheart now? Yeah. Um, coming out to start packaging that stuff. So I, That'll be fun. That, uh, it, and again, one year, putting stuff into packaging. Oh, yeah. Their tap room is always busy. Uh, they're well-known already in Cincinnati, so they've done a great job putting out good beer and creating great experiences for people. So this is just the next step for them. Well, and you look at some places we were talking to, to Bobby and Max from 50 West earlier, and they're kind of this, this other type of model for a brewery to where they've been around for um, how many years at this point? And they're just now starting to talk about putting stuff into cans. And 
Yeah, they're really, it's different because they had their small brew pub. They were, again, great taproom experience. They had great food out there. And when they decided to expand, they didn't go into packaging. They opened up a second location across the street to provide even more experiences for their customers uh, with the volleyball court and the running groups and the bicycling groups and everything that they're doing uh, around outdoor activities. That was really their focus at that point was to get more people to come visit right. them first. And now they're like, okay, maybe people want to take our beer home, so let's let's give them what they want. It's it's just so interesting because you see them focusing on things this way and then you know Woodburn is still very much a destination too but they're making it pretty clear that they want to get some packaging out there you know and want to do it you know fig leaf you know not to jump topics there not even at a year and they're going gung-ho and they're saying here we are here's our packaging Basmati's been out there you know Isotrope has been out there the new Waste Timer Waste Time Pilsner whatever I tried that's out there now yeah and then they sign with Cavalier yeah, and now say, they're hey, distributing. by the way, we're statewide. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing how fast some of these things happen versus what they happen for, you know, the, you know, the, the older crowd, you know, the, the Mount Carmels, the Rivertowns, the Moorlines, you know, it's, um, it's a whole different world than it, than it was then. And, um, I don't know how you kind of navigate that as a new brewery and, and kind of keep level head about it and, and keep focused on it yeah i mean as far as running the business side of things uh, hopefully they all have their heads on straight i think they're all putting out great products uh you put out good beer i think people are going to buy it and that's just the bottom line uh there's some people out there that aren't really focused on packaging yet but most i would say within a year two years of being open they want something on a shelf somewhere right i you know i i don't know if it, it, it's viewed as an, a quick way to, not necessarily quick, but a, a, an easier, not even easier, I don't know how to word it, but a, 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 I'll say quick, a quicker way to get that new beer you just brewed out to a whole bunch of people really fast and, and get it out there versus trying to feed people into that tap room, yeah. which kind of seems to be the, the Listerman model now, mm-hmm. is yeah. how do we get people in our tap room? Well, we'll just give them new beer every <laughs> single month. Every, it seems like every two weeks at this point, they're doing some kind of release with the, the Fiona stuff and, and then uh, the, the hip-hop series. It's not, the, the pet series, I think, is what I'm calling the new stuff. Because, <laughs> the pet series. Um, they need to get some more pets. Well, rumor is, um, and I don't know if I'm supposed to know this or not, but I, I, I'm hearing about the October release that is another pet. And I, I, well, I won't, I won't give anything away because I, I might blow somebody's cover, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a fun one, and yeah. uh, I probably should send Tommy Long a couple of threatening emails and see if I can see the artwork ahead of time. He's real tight about showing the artwork because it's secret. Yeah, and this one from the name of the beer and kind of the story about the pet, it sounds like it's going to be a hilarious label and one that I I'm really curious to see. So I won't blow anything. I'll, Jason will get mad. Jason got married today. Oh, did he? Uh, yeah, I did not so know that. Congrats to Jason Brewer from Listerman. We're that's jumping awesome. all over on the show. Yeah, <laughs> we, well, we mean, can't stick just... to one topic worth anything. Well, we were talking about packaging. Right. And newer breweries, a wooden cask even yeah. comes to mind. They, they're bottling their stuff. It's, I know, distributed in northern Kentucky. I don't think it's crossed the river quite yet because that's a little more difficult. They're still trying to, but, uh, to nail down the distributor, I think. Yeah. But, I mean, that's exciting. They're a, a new brewer, brewery down there. Not a new brewer. He's been doing it a long time. But, again, right out of the gate, they knew they wanted to put their stuff in a packaging and get out to stores that's a focus for a lot of these guys yeah, it, again I, I don't think it I mean I don't have their opening date in front of me but um, they're still under a year right they have to be under a year um, coming up on it yeah I, I wish I had I don't have Wi-Fi here so I can't pull up the note but um, and already with I don't know how many packaging releases that they've had I, I'm going to guess close to 10 at this point in, so. in bottles um, barrel-aged bottles, which their barrel-aged stuff is starting to kick into high gear here, and they've got some really cool stuff coming out. It's nuts. Yeah. I mean, it used to be when you opened a brewery, the barrel-aging program came years down the road before you're like, all right, we have enough enough leeway that we can stash this huge chunk of our inventory just over here in the side of the brewery where it's not making us any money. And, you know, now you've got places that 
under a year into doing things like, all right, we know that this is what we want to do, and we're going to go ahead and invest in it now. You know, Urban Artifact, God bless them. I don't know how they made it through that first year knowing that what we want to do is these barrels, and we have to just keep stashing stuff away, and we'll get to it, we'll get to it, we'll get to it. Um, I guess it's paying off now. <laughs> yeah, and I think barrel-aged beers... I'm not going to say they hit their pinnacle a few years ago, but they're popular, and they're not going yeah. away. Going oh, yeah. away, people line up for them. They, they're unique. Different Everyone types of get. barrels, though, too, is what's fun to me. That's you what know, I was going to say. It's not just bourbon barrels anymore. Right. I mean, you know, Mad Tree kind of got a lot of people talking about that. I think with um, June, which they still put out every July. I think. I so. <laughs> which I think they should June call it July. July. <laughs> um, it, you know, it's. It, it is still technically a bourbon barrel beer, but it's a bourbon gin barrel beer. Mm-hmm. And so, and it's a Kolsch thrown into a barrel, which doesn't really make sense. Again, it's one of those things where you're like, well, why would you do a light beer in a barrel? But it, it, it works perfectly and um, gets people thinking a little differently about what barrel aging means. And then when you start talking about the sour stuff, like Urban Artifact and things like, you know, in Rematry with the Funk series, it's what does it mean to put something in a barrel? Why are you doing that? What is it bringing to the beer? It's not just to add a hit of bourbon, which is which is always nice, but but there's more to it than that. Yeah, and even Mad Tree did the uh, barrel-aged Rubus Cacao, where, oh, yeah. where it was bourbon barrels and wine barrels. I know Rheingeist did one. Uh, Listerman, we talked yeah. to them earlier. They're releasing a wine barrel-aged beer here soon. Uh, so the limits, I mean, there is no limit. To what you can do with a barrel, and I think the creativity is what gets people like us really excited because, yeah, bourbon barrel beers are really good, but we kind of know what to expect there. So right. by mixing them or doing something new with barrels, we'll keep drinking them. That's for Absolutely. Sure. <laughs> and um, I guess we can uh, – Rheingeist has um, – they're kind of – Shifting gears with what their taproom experience is too. You know, you mentioned you know their, their barrel aged stuff, but they've got a restaurant coming in downstairs now too, which again changes that whole taproom concept of what it means to go to Rheingeist now. Um, food with beer, you know, there's been a couple places that were doing it, and now it seems like everybody is trying to find a way to do it, be it integrate in a food truck with a standalone kitchen or something like that. But um, it. Everybody seems like they're doing something. <laughs> they're all trying to find the food. And like Nine Giant. Right. The, people say they love their food just as much as their beer. And it's true. 50 West. They had a brew pub from the oh, very yeah. beginning. Uh, so a lot of people had that focus from the beginning. And yeah, and the people that didn't are kind of looking back like, well, how can we make that work now? Uh, again, Listerman, you know, Renegade Streets being inside. Uh, Mad Tree. Back right. Mad Tree 1.0, right. you know, when they added Catch a Fire Pizza into their tap room. Uh, food, beer, uh, they go to well. <laughs> I think, I think it's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, we should do that. <laughs> I approve. I'll tell you, let's let's take a break. Um, you mentioned Mad Tree. We need to talk about some of the stuff that they're hinting at online too. Uh, the the oh, rumored yeah. um, cans that are coming out. Street Side has some really fun stuff coming in the very near future um, as they kind of get close to their first anniversary. So we'll talk about them. Uh, we'll be back. Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. I look at I look at the Bud Light drinkers out there as a you know a forest and harvester. They're all out there and, and they don't know any better yet, but they will. You don't you don't ever hear somebody say, "Yeah, I used to drink that craft beer crap." But I <laughs> I went back to my Bud Light. You don't hear that, do you? No, you don't. You're listening to Cincy Brickcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hi, Mike Cisneros here with a word about Brewhouse Dog Bones. By now, craft beer fans all over Cincy know the distinctive brown paper sack with a big red bone. You've seen it in great breweries like Mount Carmel, Listerman's, Rheingeist, 8-Ball, Braxton, and more. At just 5 bucks a bag, you know you can't find a more healthful or delicious treat for your best friend made from spent brewery grains, organic eggs, peanut butter, and brown rice flour. But did you know that Brewhouse Dog Bones is an educational program for developmentally disabled teens and young adults? It's available through the New Richmond, Cincinnati Public, Fort Thomas Public, Sycamore, Oak Hills, and many more school districts across southwest Ohio and northern Kentucky. For more information on where to find Brewhouse Dog Bones, 
or how to get your developmentally disabled loved one or your school district involved in the Brew House Dog Bones program, contact Lisa Graham at area code 513-520-0310 or visit www.brewhousedogbones.com. Give your dog the craft experience with Brew House Dog Bones. Hi, this is Mike Stokes from Cincy Brew Bus. Cincinnati's craft beer scene is growing, and we want to take you to those locations. Here at Cincy Brew Bus, we love to introduce people to craft beer here locally in Cincinnati. We have an amazing craft beer scene. We have lots of routes to choose from and a lot of different places we can visit. Cincy Brew Bus is Cincinnati's premier and original craft brewery tour. We're the number one rated tour for breweries on TripAdvisor. We're the number one rated food and drink experience on TripAdvisor. And we're also the number two total tour overall on TripAdvisor here for Cincinnati. At Cincy Brew Bus, we provide a VIP tour experience for the novice and for the expert craft beer drinker. We like to take you out, show you how the beer is made, tell you about Cincinnati's rich brewing history, and at the same time, have fun, do some trivia, and drink some locally made fresh craft beer. This is Steve Shaw. This is Eric Bosler. Hi, my name is Gamal Nagy. Hey, y'all. This is Sean Willingham. This is Brett Coleman-Baker. Hi, I'm Scott LaFollette. Hi, this is Evan Rouse. Cellar Dweller Craft Beers. Darkness Brewing. Rivertown Brewing Company. Admissible Brew Works. Urban Artifact Brewing. Blank Slate Brewing. Braxton Brewing Company in Covington, Kentucky. In Cincinnati. In Northside. In Hamilton, Ohio. Bellevue, Kentucky. Mar, Ohio. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast. Cincy Brewcast. And you're listening to Cincy Brewcast. The voice. The voice. The voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs> everybody i'm back we're back yeah we, we are here i'm the gnarly gnome i'm gonna be your guide through the sweet sounds of craft beer <laughs> i really am gonna change this music one of these days when i remember during one of the weeks when um we're between shows to, to change it into something a little more upbeat because man that puts me to sleep every time I. <laughs> it's very mellow <laughs> it's way too mellow you know i don't have any of the old ones on here but there was some really like really rocking kind of uh, uh, buffer music that we, we should have done. Um, so let's start. Do, we, let's, do you want to start with Street Side or do you want to start with Mad Tree? Because they both have some fun stuff coming. Let's start with Mad Tree because we kind of already talked about them a little bit. Let's just wrap them up. Let's talk so, about them. I mean, they, the labels, I, I watch the TTV pretty close to see what beers are approved from breweries, especially here in Cincinnati. And the labels for um, Dreamsicle and Pilgrim. Pilgrim came through, uh, I don't know if it was last year. It might have been the year before. And um, I shot um, Brew Professor Mike um, an email. And I said, hey, is this, are you guys going to do this? And he's like, I don't know if we're going to be able to do it now. But, you know, we just want to have our options open. And so recently when uh, Dreamsicle came through, I kind of did the same thing. I, I, Hey, <laughs> me again. What's going on? This was, you know, a joke last year. So that's, I guess, where we should start with Dreamsicle is the April Fools' joke. A um, couple years back, for April Fools', they did a joke about Access Monday in cans, and everybody kind of laughed about it, and that was, you know, it was funny. And then they put it in bottles, and everybody was fine with that. Dreamsicle was the April Fools' joke last year. I think it was last year. I think so. Might have been two yep. years ago, but. It, so we'll say last year um, and everybody freaked out and just couldn't let it go to no, we really need this <laughs> this is something that um, we have to have and they just kind of said oh no, you know, we're not going to do that we're not going to do that and even as the label came through the TTV I sent him the email and I said what's going on with this are you guys going to make this beer and he said well you know you know how we are lately is we just put things through and we may make it we may not we don't really know well, it was not that long after when 
started kind of hearing rumblings that no, this is actually going to happen. <laughs> and I, I think everybody is still kind of looking at it and be like, is this really happening or is this another big joke that they're pulling yeah, out all of it's us? August 30th, right? Um, or 31st. 31st, something like that, um, in the tap room. I think they're just trying to see how many people show up and then they're just going to all be laughing at us right. when we're there with like cash in our hands to buy um, There was a picture on their uh, Instagram a story, is that what they call it? Instagram yeah. story of cans sitting in the tap room. The cans looked filled, though, which means that it, I, I, it's there, it's ready. Who the hell knows? I mean, they had a fun little cryptic video of dreams coming real. <laughs> I, I, I never know what to think about them anymore. Well, it's fun because I feel like either one of two things happened. They always wanted to do this, but in their old location, they didn't have the capacity. So this is kind of like them saying, you know, Mantry 2.0, all of our dreams are coming true because now they have the capacity to do more than just the four right. four beers. Especially since 1.0 is still pumping along. Yeah. It's still still working. <laughs> I, the big mouths online, on the Facebook groups and that kind of stuff, um, like to point out that they use fresh juice in the beer to make it what it is, which what they say... And you have to take all of that for a grain of salt. Anybody who's ever spent any time on the Greater Cincinnati shit show that is the <laughs> whatever they call it, the GCCBS BS, you have to take it all very lightly when 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 people talk. And um, somebody was saying, "Oh, well, they can't put it in cans. There's you know, there's the cans will blow up. They put this juice in there, and it's going to referment, and the cans are just going to explode." And you know. They've got some really smart people at Madry. Yeah, I think they would have thought of that. And I think they were kind of laughing about it. Like, no, we could do this if we wanted to, mm-hmm. and, or if we could afford to, depending on how expensive the beer. Who knows what the reasons were, that they weren't doing it before now. But um, a brewery like Madry, if they've got a beer that they can put in the kegs, they can put it in the cans if they want to. And if it all makes sense monetarily and... Um, Purchasing-wise, if they think enough people are going to buy it to make sense, I guess. Well, there's, what, 5,000 people in that Facebook group? I don't and know. And 10% of them buy it? I don't know. I, 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 there was a lot judging of, by how many people, people post in that group, I think there's seven. <laughs> Me and six other guys? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, it seems like there's just it's always the same people over and over. And I don't know how there's 5,000 people, and that's the only people you hear. But yeah. Whatever. That's how it works. I got my own but, but I think them. But I think people are excited about it. Um, we'll see. We've got about a week and a half. Yeah, I, and it's going to be a big line of people like kind of peeking in the windows. And, Do they really have this beer? Are I they mean, doing it? and the can's awesome. So if nothing else, go out and buy it for the can because it's orange and has an octopus on Bright it. Bright orange with an octopus. So because why not? Because <laughs> why not? <laughs> why yeah. not? Yep. So yeah. So that's Mad Tree Street Side. Street Side. Big stuff happening over yeah. there. First anniversary. So they started their packaging with Subra. Which is not my favorite name for a beer, because it's so hard to say. <laughs> um, but they are not only, and then they did Chillin', um, not with Bob Ross, it's just Chillin'. Just Chillin'. Um, and then they are now re-releasing, have they said this out loud? Are we allowed to talk about that, that they're re-releasing Subra? I think they kind of hinted at it with a post somewhere, like another picture. I, I don't it, know. it was so popular, I think we all knew it was going to happen. So, so yeah. This month, Subraw is coming back in cans again. And then September, is that when their anniversary party is? Do you yeah. know the date off the top I of your head? I believe it's September 30th. Um, Why do I feel like it's September 30th? Uh, I don't have it on here. Um, they are having a one-year anniversary party that... Uh, have they talked about what they're doing for that out loud yet? No, you know what? But but they're really good on social media, and if you follow them there, they've been hinting at stuff for a long time. They've had barrels downstairs. I feel they've like been doing some funky stuff downstairs, and I think it's all leading up, or some of it's leading up to this. So we did a show at Streetside, like in maybe December, something like that, and we cracked into the barrels and we tried Where's Barb, and I think. Pretty sure that at that time they mentioned that they would probably be releasing this on their first anniversary party if everything was aging well and if everything kept tasting the way it was tasting. 
I think everything's tasting the way they want it to taste, and I think everything's tasting good, so I think we can probably assume that they're going to release Where's Barb in bottles on their anniversary party, and if I'm not supposed to say that, I'm really sorry, guys. <laughs> We're just good at putting the clues together, I mean, I'm right? just guessing. It's, a, it's an estimate. Yeah. <laughs> The, the, the math adds up to me that there's probably going to be a bottle release at Streetside for their first anniversary party of a barrel-aged Imperial Stout that's amazing. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> I think that's what... And I think other things we know will happen. They're going to have food there. Absolutely. They're going to have music there. Yeah. Their tap room's going to be packed. It's uh, going to be... Ins- I, I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, do something to open up some of the brewery space or something like that for some of the crowd too because it's going to be so freaking busy it's going to be insane and they've got their actual parking lot easily could be converted oh, into yeah. additional outside area for a tent or something like that yeah, so as if, well and if anybody has ever been to one of their can releases they, they that's kind of the way they do it is you line up in the parking lot which is on the left side of the brewery and um kind of file in through the back uh, garage doors, get your cans, go up the stairs into the tap room, and it all works wonderfully. But yeah. I assume there'll be something like that. Who knows? Yeah, but they, they've been killing it. I mean, they've been doing a good job out there. Um, so, and again, they're more focused. We talked about all the people putting things in packages. Yes, they're doing some packaging, but it's only for special releases. Their main focus is their tap room. Oh, yeah. And I think they're doing a great job. So... So... Do we talk about Blank Slate? We talked about it last week a little uh, bit. Going eighth mile down the road and talk about <laughs> Blank Slate. Um, I mean, since we're talking about, you know, tap rooms and we're talking about that part of town, and I, I feel like you can't not at least bring up this idea of breweries succeeding, breweries failing. And um, I, don't, I don't know if you consider Blank Slate a failure. I feel like... Um, what what Blank Slate did in Cincinnati is always going to be felt in Cincinnati. So to me, I don't know if you can count it as a failure. It's definitely a closure, but I don't, yeah. I don't know if they, I don't know if he failed at what his idea was. You know, it's really interesting. There was a lot of conversation online um, the few days following the closure because everyone was wondering what happened. Right. And then once Scott released his statement, there was even more conversation. It's, it's never going to end. Yeah, I released uh, a post on my blog about it and. I was a little hesitant when hey, I Bob, wrote which it. Which is yeah, I don't think right. we mentioned yeah. that at the top of the show. We should have. Yeah, we should. People should go there, um, check it out, uh, read this article especially, because I didn't know Scott personally, but I had his beer. A lot of people had his beer. And I was a little hesitant when I wrote it because I was really afraid when I put it out there that people's comments would gravitate towards the negative, saying, well, I know why he closed. I didn't like what he did this or that, or he did this wrong. And it was a complete opposite for the most yeah. part. It was... Yeah, I'm shocked that he closed. I loved his beer. I loved him. His tap room was great. It's really unfortunate that the business mechanics just didn't work in his favor at the time to, to be able to thrive. Right. I, that's kind of what I heard. And it was really kind of, uh, that was great because so many times on the internet, it's all negativity. So. Well, you, one of your one of your posts where you were kind of um, promoting the, the, the post that you wrote was Blank Slate closed and it was my fault. Yes. And I think that kind of says it in a way that, that hits with all of us, you know, especially the geeks and the people who latch on to places because of the weird and because of the fun and because of the different, and that's exactly what Blank Slate was. Everybody said they loved what he was doing. Everybody says they, they love this, they love that, but we're not there. And it's like, why, why is the... If you love a place so much, why are we not there drinking? Why are we going to this place or that place? And I'm not judging where people go. I think if you if you believe in something, support what that thing is. If 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 you like your neighborhood bar that does not brew beer, that only has one or two craft handles, go there. Spend every single minute you can there drinking that beer and supporting what they're doing. Yeah. I think that's kind of what my takeaway with everything was is if you believe in something, put it out there and say, Here's here's what I support and here's why I support it. And do it, you know, and it's what I think is hard for for me, and I can only assume for you and for Raging Hop and and, um, the bloggers that that are out there. um, I think that's the three of them. I think that's the only three (laughs) that are out there. Is that we spend so much time and so much effort and energy trying to promote this community 
that sometimes these places that we love very much, we don't go to as much as we should. And it's like, a, 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 there's, there's weeks where I sit there and I look at my wife and I'm like, honey, we haven't been here in three months or six months or whatever it is. Like, why are we doing this? Like, what yeah. is, what really is the goal behind what we're doing? And it's, 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 it's hard. It is. And, you know, we all find ourselves at the first year anniversary parties or the special yeah. bottle releases. It's really easy to show up to those events. It's uh, not easy. Well, it's not easy, <laughs> but it's exciting. It's exciting to show up I mean, to look those. at a day like today. There's like, like four events going on. And you're oh, like, all right, my gosh. How yeah. do I pick? Yeah, because you can only do so much. Right. You can only do, you know, without driving yourself crazy or bankrupt, one or the other. You can only do so much. And, and so that was my angle. I think your angle as well is just support your local place. Right. And, and if Blank Slate was your local place and you did support it, I feel terrible for you yeah. because you really lost something there because Scott was a special brewer. Right. That place... Yeah, the tap room may have been, uh, you know, an afterthought because of when he opened his location. But the tap room was nice. It, right. it wasn't a bad tap room. Yeah, it was, again. That's what hurts so much is that everything he did, he did well. The, yes. the, you can't blame the beer. You can't blame the tap room, tap room environment. Although sometimes it smelled a little like poo. But that's because of the wastewater treatment plant. But everything he did, he did the best that he could. And it just wasn't enough, yeah. and it, that that hurts. You know, like it's it's hard to, to deal with that as a beer fan, and you know, as, as a craft beer fan, like you just you, you feel like if you like a place, there's no way it could fail, and that's not the case in Cincinnati for sure. Not at all. And um, I'm sure it's not the case anywhere in the United States, but yeah. know, here in Cincinnati, it's, we're starting to feel it this year. But again, you look at the uh, stats that like the Brewers Association sends out. I want to say it was under 100 breweries last year closed. Right. That's a very small number when you look at the number of, that opened. And, and if you go into the deep dirtiness of why these places closed, not very many closed because of financial reasons right. or market reasons. It was I'm retired or something like that. There's a lot of those stories out there. So it is really interesting what happened with Scott. It's unfortunate, but it's a reality check that no business can thrive without people buying their right. stuff, whatever it might be, on a regular basis. Jungle Gyms does not stay open unless people walk in here every day and buy their produce and their meat and their beer or whatever right. they're selling. They, they need customers every day. Blank Slate was no different, and I don't think they, they got that kind of love. It sucks. Yeah. <coughs> so, do you think we're going to see more of this in the coming months or year or so or do you think that this was an anomaly and woke people up and you, you know i want to say we'll never see it again but i think we will see it again i think what we will see though is we will again it's going to come down to business mechanics i don't think it's about what neighborhood you're in i think most people out there are putting out good beer it's going to be the business mechanics maybe somebody decides to grow too fast or they try to enter into a different market or they try to become the brewery that brews a certain niche type of beer that just doesn't take out take off. Um, we talked about packaging. A lot of people jumping into distribution. That is not inexpensive. There is a cost. There's a huge cost, so, especially depending on how you do it. Yeah, if you buy, especially buy your, your own canning or bottling line. So I could, I fear for some of those people. I hope they all are successful. But I could see that happening to someone else based on that. Um, so I don't think anyone should be afraid of the craft beer industry, but I think the reality is just like any other industry, be smart. You got to be smart, and you have to do a really good job at the business end. So, what about um, you know brewer turnover? I know we've talked about that a lot recently. Even tonight, we were kind of talking about some stuff that's happening, and um, I know Mount Carmel has struggled with it a lot. Rivertown has struggled with it a lot. You know, people coming there to become who they are and then they go somewhere else um, how do you think that factors into this next uh, period of Cincinnati craft beer whatever you want to call it this next phase this next yeah it's a close knit community so for a lot of breweries I think they look at it as an opportunity to help the industry grow but at the same time I'm sure they're terrified when it happens because you don't know what's going to happen next. You need somebody brewing your beer, and they have to do it well. Because if you start putting out a few bad beers, that could really hurt your rep reputation long oh, yeah. term. But I think for the most part, I don't think it's going to be 
uh, something that really is a big concern, uh, simply because I think we see it happen all the time. Um, large breweries, small breweries, there's going to be turnover. I think they all want to say they would have their head brewer forever, uh, but I think they're all smart enough to put systems in place where that just doesn't happen. Sean Willingham yes, from Municipal Brewworks, the as of right now, the closest brewery to where we're sitting. Yeah, um, I think we're as about, of right now, like six miles away from here. Uh, I think it's six point three or something. <laughs> not something that like I, that, yeah, yeah. not that I know. Never, yeah, yeah. never made that drive. <laughs> right. Um, so Municipal Brewworks, Hamilton's first brewery in God knows how long. Eighty three. That's eighty three or eighty five years. I'm not sure. I mean, Ed, yeah, yeah. You guys are doing amazing things out there. Um, anybody who has spent any time at the Jungle Gems Tasting Bar has definitely seen your beer and probably tried it. If not, they're stupid. Uh, like, can I call people stupid <laughs> no, for not drinking no, something? No, I, they're not stupid. Either. Ignorant. They just yeah, don't yeah, know yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah. you got to try still it. Um, you guys have on tap tonight, um, I'm guessing, so the anniversary? Beers. No, we don't. We oh, don't have the anniversary. The anniversary so is exclusive to the tap room. So, um, so we have... Our two cents, Centennial IPA. It's a Centennial Pale L, seven point two percent alcohol. Uh, we have Courageous. That's what I have right now in my glass. That's almost empty. empty. Yeah, very empty at the moment. Yeah. Um, and then we have our blonde, blonde, approachable blonde, and um, then the seasonal, which is wow. our yes, yeah, 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 watermelon. So it's the blonde infused with watermelon. That's, that's all we got, right? Are we going to see more of these seasonal blondes with different kinds of fruits and things coming out from you guys? Because that beer is amazing. Possibility. <laughs> yeah, there's a possibility. Of that. I hate the possibility. I'm just, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. I don't know. So the watermelon is always going to be around. Right. Uh, it's a... It's it's related to the... It's, the it's, a, tri- it's a tribute it's a beer. It's a tribute to beer and uh, to the fallen firefighter that we have. And proceeds to that goes to the charitable contributions, right? right. Um, I'm not sure what we're going to do with the blonde outside of that. There's maybe some a little really cool stuff you could do. There's, There's some, some really cool There's stuff. stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, right? <laughs> what do you guys have coming down the pike that you know is coming that you can talk about? I, I mean, definitely the Oktoberfest is coming soon. Uh, what is it, 1791? I 1791, yep. 1791 is uh, coming out in about three weeks. Um, just in the right time for September release. Um, all these Oktoberfests that are coming out right now seem to me a little early, I, but <laughs> that's just me. I, I struggle with this every year, and the same way with pumpkins, because I love pumpkin beer. It's too early, but at the same time, when I see it, I start to get a little giddy, and I buy it. And, like, I, I can't... No self-control. Yeah, like, I can't say that, oh, they shouldn't do this, because I get really excited when I see it. Especially with Oktoberfest, because it's it, it's still... Like, right now, this temperature that this room is right, right. here, so this October is Oktoberfest. So you have Oktoberfest, and then you have watermelon. Watermelon is a watermelon <laughs> blonde, right? So you have, and, you have this crisp, refreshing watermelon <laughs> burst in your mouth. And then it goes straight into Oktoberfest. But yeah. it's just two hours ago, if you stood out there outside of the, the the snake house that we're in right now, it was hot. It was it was eighty five, ninety degrees. The sun was beating down. Walter Mellon was perfect. Right now, the sun's down. There's a nice breeze blowing outside. It's Oktoberfest. It, it works. Yeah, no, 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 no. no, no it no, works no. for me. It works for you. Okay. That's great. But I'll, That's great. I'll, I'll still wait my three weeks and, and get it then, too. It's, I'll, I'll let it slide. I, I, I'm wanting a little bit of a Christmas in the air, a little crisp. But, yeah, right now, um, the watermelon's still going on, and the Oktoberfest is going to be coming out in about three weeks. Um, so. Are we going to see anything out of barrels this year? There's a possibility. <laughs> That sounds like yes. <laughs> let's, let's get him another beer and see if we can get something out of it. There's a possibility. So right now we we have to test it all and see you what happens. But we have it. Nate, in we're at the mercy vessels. of barrels, yes, and we don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's an old ale. It's in that's been aged in double oak Woodford. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Um, so. so the old ale that I don't know if it's still on tap there without the barrel. Yeah, long slumber. Long slumber. Long slumber. Yeah, long slumber that's gone, uh, which will be coming back. 
So hopefully we should be able to pair both of them up. That'd be fun. Yeah, that should be fun. But that's not coming out till November. That sounds like good timing. Ish. Good timing. Ish. Ish. For that style beer. Because yeah. Old Ale, what was the ABV on that? That was a little oh, higher. you're looking high. Yeah. Like yeah, high eights or nines? Eights. Like eight, seven. If I, it's a good beer, too. Thank you. I appreciate it. So let's talk about the Hamilton kind of beer scene. That's what, what's always fun to me about Cincinnati is you have Cincinnati. You have this definite Cincinnati beer scene, and then you have these smaller communities that are kind of splintering off, or not necessarily splintering off, but that are still part of the bigger picture but have their own thing going on too. And I feel like Hamilton is right on that edge we're there. On that, we're of, on that cusp, right? right? You've got Quarter Barrel coming down from Oxford, opening your second location. Which... Just a nice little walk from you guys. By the way, it's from just right across the river, and this is a plug for them. It is what it is. Their place looks amazing so far. And They're still under construction. Their, their system is going to be beautiful. I can't wait to see what happens with this. But their location is fine. Right rooftop, the, uh, rooftop, rooftop patio. Exactly. I mean, it's, oh, wow. Yeah, it's going to be cool. Be nice. And yeah. if you've never been up to Oxford and tried what they have going on, it's it's frustrating sometimes because they're on such a small system to get their beer and keep it on tap. But the food is just phenomenal, out of this world. So I I'm excited to see what so they can I'm do. I'm there. excited about their food coming out because Hamilton needs another restaurant. Oh, yeah. and they need a, another good food venue. But they also need. I, I can't wait for the beer. I, I can't wait to see what happens from there. So they had to make some great beer, and I'm pretty sure they will. Now, do we know what size system they're going to be using? I believe... I could be totally off base I want to say seven. So that's much larger than what they're doing in Oxford. I think they're on one. I think they're on one. Quarter. Quarter barrel. Because it's some kind of weird hectoliter thing or something. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, it's tiny. If you go in there, it's behind the bar, and it's just... It's a beautiful system. It's copper, and I mean, it's 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 gorgeous, but it's it's tiny. I've been there once. I didn't realize that's what they brewed on That's it. Yeah, that's... that's When they first opened the uh, the brewery there, it was... The brewery was to get the license to to, to have a liquor license. They were out of... What what I heard, their beer is phenomenal. It's great. So, right? So, they need to be able to scale it up. Yep. To their seven-barrel system. And I can't wait. And the Hamilton location will actually feed the beer up into Oxford to that location to keep more beer on tap there, too. And um, it's going to be cool. So Hamilton is, is just right on that edge yeah, that of costs. turning into something yeah, really costs. great. And, right. um, then we have Swain City, which is just down here just, right. coming up. So they're, what, six miles away from me? And, and they're, they're experimenting and playing and getting their stuff dialed in right yeah, now. So I can't wait for See what this be. this northern edge of the city is is turning into something that that you know when, <laughs> when when I first you know got into craft beer here living in Fairfield, it was frustrating like you would not believe to just to, to know that there's these great breweries and you just can't get to them easily and um, you can now <laughs> you can oh, they're right around right <laughs> yeah, around I mean, corner, right they are yeah it's it's all a quick quick little it drive. seemed like they were all central or east of right. Cincinnati. Right. And we're getting a few. West Side's got a few. Now north of Cincinnati has yeah. a few. And it's starting to fill out. And, and hopefully we don't get oversaturated, that word that everyone's afraid of. But <laughs> you know, we, need, we need more up in this area. It can support it. happen right now. Uh, no. We have a lot of we have a lot of volume out there. Right? A lot of volume. So we, it's well, all going to benefit everybody. It, it, it's, you know, people keep saying it's replacing, you know, that neighborhood bar. You know, everybody... In your head, you can picture that there was always that bar on the corner with that, that you know, the same little pewdiepie <laughs> sign or whatever, and you know, Bob's Bar or whatever it was called. And they were everywhere at one time, and now that's what the tap room is. So it's I, I more agree local with you. place. That's, that's what I always thought was going to happen. You're always going to have that local bar because everybody needs to solve the world's problems at that point in time, right? So they need to have that little local place to go to to hang out in the summertime or in the wintertime to just just hash out some stuff, right? Well, it's, I love it. It's fun to watch, man. It's it's fun to be some kind of peripheral part of it. It's 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 awesome, and uh, I'm excited to see what you guys do. You're right into your second year now, and still chugging along and, and doing some really great stuff. If people haven't been out to the tap room, especially if you're somebody that can hear me talking now, and you live here in Fairfield, you frequent Jungle Gyms, and you haven't gone out to Hamilton to see what you guys are doing, well, thank you. you're missing out. It's um, it's, it's a pretty cool space. A, uh, 
<laughs> really, yeah, really great, great, really great tap lineup. Yeah, I like the tap room. Uh, I mean, the outdoor area is great. Plenty of outdoor seating, which I love. There's always some food there. Like the patio just keeps getting bigger too. Yeah, every somehow, time I right? Hey, but don't tell, you, don't tell the city, but we keep moving <laughs> the, 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 the barricade. Somebody out there like kicking that little bench out every time but, I'm there. But when you're up there in the tap room, you can see. The brewery. So, and I, and I really appreciate that because it makes you feel like you're part of it. They always flip the clipboard so I can't see what's in the tanks, though. Always. <laughs> I'm always waiting for somebody to flip, forget to flip it so well, I can see what's in there. they flip them, they're always, they should be backwards. Anyway, <laughs> they're always but, backwards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we, we designed the whole place so you're a part of the whole brewery. And it literally is. On Mondays and Tuesdays, that area where you're sitting in the tap room is, you know, all those seats are moved off to the side and... We have kegs and grain and all that kind of stuff is moving in the tap room, so we have room to work in the back. Right. We use every inch, every inch of that place. It's a, it's a tight little squeeze in there. It's pretty tight. It's pretty yeah. tight. It's so pretty tight. how is that going to factor into how you guys grow what you do as time goes on? I mean, we're probably digging into some bigger topics that probably warrant a whole municipal show in the near well, future. I, yeah, but, I agree with you uh, on that. But, so we're, about, we're producing about half of what we can do right now. Oh. Yeah. Lots, so, lots of room yeah. for growth. Yeah. So we have a lot of room right now where we're at to, to grow and produce what we need to do. Right now. Yeah, right now. Right. Yeah, right now. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. I suppose that we need to start talking about a show in the very near future because <laughs> there's like a whole lot of questions that I have about that. <laughs> but um, like that's, that, that, that's about it for us at the Buckeye Beer Bash. Um, yeah, this we is, we uh, need to go get some beer now. Yeah, this is yeah. a novel place. Been, if you want a beer... If you can't find a beer here, I don't know, where <laughs> don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sean, thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Um, everybody, Municipal Brew Works, I assume it's municipalbrewworks.com. It's right. Hamilton. Uh, address? Uh, 20 High Street in the back. It's it's a big municipal building right on the river. Go around back. You'll see the big patio. You'll hear all of the jovial laughing and joyous drinking happening, and you'll know you're in the right place. Um, Craft Beer Joe, thank you very much for joining me again. I Again, assume this is not the last time we will see you on the show because you're fantastic on the show. Yeah, I'd love uh, to come back. Thank you. And uh, for Jungle Gems, thank you for uh, inviting us out here. Um, again, we'll probably be back there, too. I, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to start planning the bug tonight about the Barrel Age Beer Festival and Barrel Age Beer Bash because there's a lot to talk about with Barrel Age Beers in Cincinnati. So thank you, everybody. Keep listening. iTunes, rate it or something. Share it. I don't know. Cincy Brewcast, Voices of Cincy Craft. 